This is episode number 49. Can you pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Alright, so I have a special guest with me here today because Sarah's off sunning herself and working on her tan in Florida. Very nice. I know. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm going to the beach next week. Are you? It's not going to be that sunny. It's Suffolk. (laughs) Oh. Is it? Well, you can never really tell in the UK, can you? Because we had summer on Saturday and Sunday yeah. and we had winter yeah. yesterday so you really yeah. won't you're going to have to pack for all yeah. seasons when you go down that is true. to the that beach is true. Yeah. so you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners and let us know what you were, who you are what you're about so I'm the person behind um, the social media campaign Lemington Joy Jam which can be found on Facebook name. and Twitter what's and your name my name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping it a mystery. I know, I see that. Uh, we, we can we can unpack the mystery. I'm Charlotte, so um, yeah, we give half the mystery away. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we met. We did we we meet us. So we to, did meet. We yeah. meet online, didn't we? That we our did. first connection. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about communities today, and I think this is important because we actually met in yeah. in virtual space as opposed to in real life to yeah. start off with. Yeah. Um, so we'll come back to that, but just give us a feel for, you know, yeah, Charlotte. Okay, so um, so my background is a, a really weird mixture of things, and um, I'm just coming out of maternity leave. But the most recent kind of episode of my life has been living in Uganda, um, working for a charity which builds community and that helps improve uh, the quality of people's lives. And my husband and I were co-directors of that charity coming back to the UK we realised we weren't going to be able to return to that work and we've been looking for what's the next part of our story what's the next part of our journey and um, this social media campaign is all part of that Um, so the the social media campaign Joy Jam yeah that's right so it's handle on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram is at Lem Joy Jam. Easy to find. Um, and if you look through the different platforms, it's it's all about, you know, loving yourself, loving others and loving Lemington because that's where I'm based. That's where I live. Yeah. So there's kind of three strands to it. And for me, those are the foundational bits of what makes good community, both individually and collectively. And what I want this campaign to do is be a contributing voice in Leamington to the good side of the town. Uh, it's interesting. I posted on Facebook. Facebook's been a bit hard to get going because I've not paid to advertise very okay, much. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. They but I posted pay, some. Man. Yeah, they pay really to, do. Pay to play. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But I posted something the other evening, which was about the um, the tea party at Central Mosque. Did you hear about this in the news? No, no. Uh, Birmingham Central Mosque held a tea party at the same time the English Defence League were holding a, a, a kind of protest in the city centre. And they gave away free tea and cake to uh-huh. hundreds of people. Their, their event was three times more successful than the EDL right. march. 
I love that. That post organically was very successful. It's had lots of likes and shares, more than my other content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to me that that story just captures so perfectly what I want my campaign to be about. I'm the tea party side of the the conversation. All right. You know, inclusion getting to know each other getting to know people that you wouldn't necessarily normally be familiar with being positive being a positive force for change so when you when you think about communities let's um let's let's kind of what what are we meaning by communities and, and what i guess what do they do for us yeah i think it can terms? have lots of different shapes can't it because it's kind of like um this idea of having something in common that brings us together to, yeah you know whether that's yeah um, a football team that you might support or whether it's the town you live in or the block that you live in so yeah, yeah. there's like this yeah. central thing that brings people yeah. together but I guess what importance do they play in our lives individually why do we need a community yeah I think we as human beings are really hardwired for group living and I think you know it's no it's no kind of uh, secret now that mental health problems are a massive issue in the UK and actually in first world countries generally mental health is a big problem and I think that's actually because we've created these highly individualistic societies we don't have the same level of need for each other in terms of services and practical things that we did in the past actually you can go through your life you know commuting to and from your house in your car on your own having your ready meals that no, you got from Sainsbury's <laughs> and you know maybe you don't socialize with people from your work because they live in a different town or we can be highly atomized and actually we're not meant to be like that you know but you, would we think about would you say there's a difference between because as you're describing that scenario I was just thinking inside of you carrying on your life you would be a part of I was going to say a group. So, is there a difference between a group and a community? So, you, you know, at work, you're yeah. collectively there, gathered yeah. to do something to, together. But would you necessarily consider that a community or just a group of people who have this common goal of yeah, creating some widget yeah, yeah. or service? Now, isn't that interesting? I think that is really true. You can be in a group and be lonely, can't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But community is something more about shared life and belonging and one of the aims of our um, charity which is called Oasis that we work with in Uganda is about including people on the margins right so they have quite a lot of stories about people who were on the periphery of the community being brought in to, to the fold a bit more building relationships between neighbours more you know perhaps there are people who are a little bit different who are harder to connect with you know we had a, a lady with mental health problems who worked in our team for example she wasn't an easy character yeah. and in another organisation she might have been fired but actually we just kept working with her because we knew her story we knew where she'd come from we knew where that all arose from and actually she she gives us something as well yeah. you know you learn patience by having to be patient with people so is there almost something about um i'm getting this like a sense of like but so if i'm in a group we just come and we got to get something done so work yeah. we come we do what our tasks are yeah there seems that in the community there's something uh, more personal so we share more yeah. of our 
ourselves of ourselves inside of that community and look for that community for inclusion Mm -hmm. and support and um, a willingness to understand us as an individual as opposed to a person with a title and a task to do Yeah, yeah definitely I think so and I think that's what can make the difference between good workplaces and bad workplaces isn't it you know how much do you feel like actually you're valued as a person do you just go to work and do your job or are you coming and building friendships and people care about the fact that your dog was ill last week or do you know it's kind of because you do get that that, don't you you do sometimes have the the sort of a group aspect of the work but then with inside of work um these little communities start to to form yeah and yeah. those things then spell outside of work. So you'll get together on a Friday. Yeah. We go hiking together. And when I worked yeah. for the big giant bank that shall remain nameless, um, <laughs> I often, because I like hiking and go and climbing mountains and stuff like that. So I quite often organized those kinds of trips. So there was a, you know, there was a, a core cadre of us who yeah. shared that same interest. Yeah. And yeah. so we would spend our off time together, weekends, going hiking, spending time yeah. um, out on the mountains together. So that became yeah. our own little community within the, yeah. the sort of a group scenario of a, of a yeah. work. Yeah. And then that becomes relationship that lasts, doesn't it? You know, yeah. one of my good friends is somebody that I worked with, I mean, it's 15 years ago now. We haven't worked together for a long time, but actually we were part of a group that became a group of friends you know, we didn't just work together. There was more beyond that. And that lasted beyond everybody leaving the job. Does yeah. that make sense? Now, so could you survive as a lone wolf? <laughs> Do we have to be a part of a community? So is, are human beings' natural propensity is to be together as a group? Or could um, could you survive as a lone wolf? Well, you see... See, I think I can. I'm a massively extroverted person. Oh, yeah. So I know that I I struggle if I don't have enough people contact. My sister is adamant she's a lone wolf. Yeah. I think there are limits, actually. I think every extrovert needs their downtime. So each year I make sure that I go and retreat on my own. Yeah, yeah. I go and have some time where I'm away from my family and I choose places where you're not allowed your tech... You know, the last one oh, that was see, a I'm out, man. signal, you signal black me. spot. You, you lost me right there. You can't have your tech. <laughs> All you've got is yourself. No. And sometimes in complete <laughs> silence as well. So actually that really causes you to kind of just take a break and reflect inwards. Yeah, so I do that even though I'm yeah, massively I'm all extrovert. right with the reflecting inward, just to, <laughs> it's to not having my tech, right? Yeah, I'm but then right. you're not the lone wolf because you're still engaging with content outside ah, yourself. So I've got you there. Ah, yeah. And, and that, was, that was what I was going to say about my sister. I think that although she's more introvert than me and is definitely much more resilient and more inclined to do things alone and whatever, actually... She has this part of herself that is fed by family that is deeply embedded in those family relationships. Yeah. And so I think every human has their space. So, yeah, so you, you have the, I guess if we're talking, I think we did an sh- uh, episode on the whole introversion thing. So if you're talking about the characteristic of introversion and extroversion where introversion folks prefer a smaller group yeah. they like their own company yeah. or a smaller group yeah. whereas from the extroversion point of view you like a larger yeah a larger sort of group of people yeah. around you yeah. yeah 
And then us, like a pure lone wolf would be like a hermit or a monk. Well, this is fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? I was about Go to off say. In a cave and but you know it. what? The hermits served a really important purpose for the community. So we tend to think now as the hermits as being, you know, on the edges of those monastic communities and, and, and t- towards the outside of it. But actually, if you look at the function they serve, they were like the prayer warrior yeah, yeah. guys. And so they're the kind of lighthouse beacon. They're the light on the top of the lighthouse. And they're actually really central. And the hermits were really treasured by those communities. So although they were alone in their practice a lot, they got visited a lot. Yeah, yeah. They were like celebrity guys. Yeah. You know, people would come over to their islands and say, well, you know. So they were a part of it. The, they still served a function in the community. They did, massively. Yeah. And, and, and worse, kind of like... I think they represent that paradox between wanting aloneness and being in togetherness. Yeah, I like that. Cool. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about this this concept of online communities versus offline communities. And have we lost something by not having as many offline communities? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. I'm Clay Lowe. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is a listener-supported show, which means it's brought to you by people like you. If you pop over to havanacafesessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute page, you'll find a number of different ways you can contribute to the show if you care to do so. Leaving a review on iTunes, subscribing to the show, or sharing it with a friend are a few options. These are very valuable contributions, as is something monetary, like setting up a reoccurring payment or contributing a pound an episode. Any and all options are very much appreciated. Thank you so very much for those of you who have already done so, and thank you in advance for anybody that is considering doing so in the future. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, well that's good. And you were talk- we were talking about hermits, and it reminded me of what I was thinking about, like what tribes. Mm-hmm. And I think my role in the tribe would have been pathfinder, the kind of guy that likes going out, find a new yeah. path, trails, that kind of thing, and, and being alone. But then coming back to the group to share whatever I found. Yeah. yeah. Had enough hanging around with people and then yeah, be yeah. gone again, off again. You know, yeah. Off again. Yeah. 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 I think that's the kind of space that I, that I feel. So I need that connection. Yeah. So almost like we were saying you unplug and yeah. go away from people, I kind of need to plug in to people yeah. for a while and then off yeah. again. Peregrination, that's the name. Ah, that's it, a big word. That's a yeah. big fancy word for me, man. Mo- Come on. Mo- moving <laughs> between. So people would take stories between the different yeah, yeah. communities and kind of, uh, uh, you know... I'm talking about monastic tradition here. They would, they would be the bringers of good news from wherever. Because of course, historically, they would news travelled by foot, didn't it? Yeah, you know, they it, didn't yeah. have telephones, whatever. All the technology that we've got in the last century was not available to them. So, news was brought by people. And I think, actually, what you're talking about taps into something about communities need those different personalities yeah absolutely you yes. need your steady eddies who want to stay at home and man the fire and they don't want to go out pathfinding you know each community needs those different characters and personalities and it's about valuing those different roles but that's when communities were actually 
interdependent communities, yes. which is what I'm wondering if we've lost that in the sense yeah. that we've got this whole sort of online thing going on. See, I think I get very well, here, excited Here's an example. About here's it. an example, right? I live in a semi-detached house. Yeah. My neighbours, and I know them, we know them, we, yeah, we talk. But rarely do we ever interact. Yeah. And, and I don't know, you know by sight the people on your block, but it's not a community. And yeah. I've, I've spoken more. So we accidentally ran into our neighbours on holiday. One, we didn't know we were going to be in the same place. <laughs> um, you would have thought yeah. we would have known at least that, but we didn't know that. We, actually, we bumped into them in Lanzarote. And we probably had the most in-depth conversation we ever had with them. And we live right next door to them. And I'm only comparing this to when I grew up, when the neighborhoods were a community. So, you know, the, you could go, you know, the, you could go out, the kids could go out, the kids looked after the, each other in that sense. But you also always knew yeah. there was a parent watching yeah. and that parent had permission to discipline you if you were being bad. So you were never really unsupervised but the community yeah. took they took that that was part of the responsibility of that community whereas yeah. now we seem really much isolated within our little box yeah, that we yeah, have I mean I, yeah. don't, I know I do talk to my one neighbor to the left the other ones we know yeah. Yeah. we kind of say hi but not all that much yeah but beyond those to my left and the right you know it's mm. just not there mm. I guess there was a there was a different sense when our kids were younger because then you had the kids and the mom taking and dad taking them to school so yeah they had that little bit to bring us together but I, what i've noticed now that my kids are gone we don't have that kind of contact with the adults and so that kind of disappeared once yeah, once yeah. That. but anyway so yeah. i was just wondering yeah but so I don't speak to my neighbors that much, but I speak to people that are, you know, hundreds of miles away, often yeah. Germany, China, Brazil, yeah. more than I speak to people that are on the same block yeah. that, I, that yeah. I am. Yeah, I think I get very excited about the potential for online life to help you find your tribe. Mm. And there's some cartoon that goes around on Twitter, pops up periodically of like you you know you found your tribe when, right. and it's got all these little captions about. Oh, I need you know, to see that one. I'll send that. Yeah, send to it to me. I'll include it in the uh, show notes. And um, I think, you know, there's this there's this potential to find people who think like you do, who are, uh, and it becomes an echo chamber thing, actually, yeah, doesn't absolutely. it? You don't realise that the EDL are busy marching in the town centre because you've only been talking to the guys running the tea party. You know, you can become quite, there's walls in the online space that you just don't even see yeah. are there because the algorithms decide what you're going to look at. That's a disadvantage to it. But it does help you connect with um, the people that you you resonate with. And I think... What's really exciting is when that begins to translate through into offline life, when there's a kind of osmosis between those two things. Yeah, yeah. That's harder when the other person's in, you know, America or China or whatever. But actually, when we're talking about the... Well, uh, when you're saying that, it just reminded me of the US election. Because being over here, being American and living in Britain, uh, you know, I was kind of a bit sort of shocked that, you know... So the Trump could get to a space yeah. was, with all the things that were going on. Um, and I was thinking, how how could this happen? But it, yeah. 
But what played out, I think, is what you said there. I think before, people would have been isolated in their physical community in yeah. terms of finding like-minded people that yeah. share the similar values and thought. Online has a, allowed them to connect with people that are like them, yeah. which then gave them a sense of safety, security to speak out more, yeah. whereas they may not have done so if there was only one or two of them in yeah. their local community, yeah. but they found strength within the greater community through the online sort yeah. of space to yeah. connect them together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, tech is like money. It's always neutral, isn't it? And it can be used for good or it can be used for ill. And mm. I think a lot of the older people that I um, come into contact with through my care work, they don't understand this online world and they they say lots of negative things about it because they see in the media you know the trouble it brings but actually it's got it, it, the actual technology is neutral yeah absolutely it's got this potential to um raise up donald trump's it's got this potential to raise up the anti-Trump as well yeah. and it's it's where we invest our hope and energy and that's something I really had, oh, go ahead, finish, yeah. really interesting about um emotional triggers uh, uh, or um what gets the most reaction online and actually positive emotional triggers outweigh all the negative emotions apart from anger mm. the only thing that will get more of a reaction online in terms of clicks and shares and da 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 is stuff that makes you angry uh, I felt I, I understood start the angry stuff then <laughs> yeah. huh? well I suddenly understood the Daily Mail a lot better yeah do you know it I'm makes there. you I'm angry gonna, I'm going to start posting more angry stuff people <laughs> No, stick with the positives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think... Um, well, I came, I guess, what you're describing there, I've kind of had to come to grips with that myself. Like, mm. you know, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, it was just outside, go out, you meet your friends, and that was your little group, your little community. Then when my son, in his world, mm. yeah, they were spending a lot of time online. He'd be like, yeah. no, get outside, try and get... But yeah. even when they came together in the house, they would go online. But then... Yeah. You know, taking a step back and then really looking into the into what they were actually doing, yeah. it was actually that was they were building relationships still, even that. They're yeah. on the computer, they're talking, they're solving complex problems together. Yeah. Um so their community yeah. as you say, through the, through the technology brought them together. Yeah. Um exp and in a, in a way expanded their world in relationship to, you know, what they could do. I mean, they used yeah. to have to play Dungeons and Dragons around the table whereas yeah. they can do it they on a screen. They could do it on yeah. the screen and have yeah. a even more immersive experience together as yeah. a as a close-knit sort of group. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting cuz one day I just said, "All right, let me can I come along and play?" And I was just <laughs> so I had a, so I had a, you know they were just it was just amazing trying to keep up with with them. Um, they were having to constantly come and save me and all that other stuff. But it yeah. it was interesting to actually step in to actually really understand that yeah. space and what it what it brings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where you know, um, with the social media kind of work, if I'm talking to somebody under twenty five. I don't have to explain it at all mm. because that is their world. You know, they've grown up in the last few years with social being part of their young adulthood. Uh, with older people, I do have to explain, like, what's the value? Why, what, you know, well, they kind of know about Facebook and that's about about it, really. The potential, the potential for human relationship and 
you know, the opportunities it presents for kind of micro business or small charities who found it so difficult to find their people before, you know, all yeah. of the, all bets are off now, aren't so they? So I think I asked you a question while we were having our coffees just a little while ago. Is Joy, is Joy Jam mm. an offline community or online community? Yeah, and I was, I was, um, I was saying that I. I don't know the answer yet because it's begun as an online thing, but already in the couple of months that I've been running it, you know, I've met various people offline in the way that we've got together and chatted and, you know, that's happened with other people too who share those interests and, you know, one of the things that I want to use it for is championing individuals and causes around town who are interesting that people might want to know and connect with. But I'm the lucky one that gets to go and have that offline meeting. Yeah. And so I don't know, because actually I'd like more people to have that offline experience yeah. as well. So I think it will become both. I'm and I think say maybe it's, as you say, maybe it's just an ex- one's an extension of the other in a sense. Yeah. So yeah. the online bit allows you to facilitate, you know, yeah, yeah, that a place, central place where you can go and and but then you also have your offline spaces. Yeah. But the relationships will continue to build and deepen. I think in yeah. some cases, even more through yeah. an online sort of yeah. space because you've got yeah. more contact with each other. Yeah, you're sharing a lot more. And yeah. that's sort of the group and then to be able to come together yeah. um, like with meetups and things like that I yeah. think that just completely yeah it's like a thread it, that it? kind of runs through on and offline life I did a blog post recently I, I'm not blogging regularly it's just when something relevant comes along but there was a post about loneliness and one of the things that I said in that was that you know you can really see from the mummy blogger phenomenon that actually women who are stuck at home with their small kids and find it very difficult to get time for themselves to get out instead of thinking right I'm hanging on for that once a fortnight or once a month coffee with my friends actually she can be on Instagram every day and looking at other mums and connecting in that way and you know I I do that I, I look at those women and I kind of you 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 develop a relationship with people in that sphere and social media Todd keeps telling me on Twitter that I need to come to the foreign networking event and I'm like I'm under a pile of children (laughs) it happens on Wednesday evening he was like bring the pile of children with you which is good I would like to be able to do that point being that you know actually um sometimes you know through disability or you know uh, circumstances we might be held from the offline space but online can provide some relationship no absolutely and, I, and as I say I think sometimes you you may find that the relationships are even deeper yeah. online because yeah. of the sort of more constant kind of contact yeah and what do you think about the you know you see a group of people that are physically together yeah but they're all on their phones. <laughs> I saw this recently. My husband and I were in swirls with the kids for like a um, family ice cream outing. And on the table next to us, there were kind of eight students. And all of them were just staring at their phones. And we were in there for about half an hour. And the whole time, none of them talked to each other. Occasionally, one would turn to their neighbor and show them what they were looking at on their phone. Yeah. And my husband and I were kind of watching them and thinking is this what passes for a kind of social gathering now? <laughs> like, actually, you could have just stayed in your room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you don't need to all be in the same space to do or that. Or maybe being together, you had the physical 
feel of someone with you, but yeah. then your mind was in yeah. the computer somewhere, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, and, you know, I, I'm a big user of sort of social media, so it's, I'm kind of connected in there. And it's almost, I have this feel that that's the new kind of world. Yeah. Um, but even as you, so people say, oh, you're being antisocial. And in the sense, I'm thinking, well, it's not antisocial in the sense that there's other people on the other line that you are yeah. connect, so you're connecting with your online community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess there's that balance of okay, you're you're sat at a table with eight of your mates, but yeah. all of you are on your phone. Yeah. What's yeah? To your point, what's the point of you're all being yeah. together? And I've watched couples in restaurants as well. Actually, Texting we have a couple other. of good <laughs> friends who do this. You, they go out for a meal and they sit there on their phones together. And I'm a bit old-fashioned in that sense. I'm kind of I'm hyper aware of the need for boundaries around the online thing I think actually you know like you were talking about the kids it's good for the kids to have an amount of time they can do this for and then the rest of the time they're out on their bikes they're climbing trees there oh, that's the old world man come on yeah but, th- <laughs> but that is the childhood that my kids were getting in Uganda yeah and I wanted to preserve century. that. Come on, it's the yeah. 21st century now. But, but you know what? The kids are happier when that balance is retained. Mm. That's what I really noticed. I was saying to my son, you know, if, if I give him too much um, screen-based life, his behaviour definitely deteriorates. I see a change. But do we, res- do we restrict them from their world? Because we're trying to hang on to a piece of our world. <laughs> we limit them. Does yeah. that hinder them for being fully connected with the new world that they're going to inherit long after we're really gone. I think it's really difficult to know because these texts are so new. Mm. So the smartphone tech phenomenon is so recent. Actually, it's we're reading into a future that we can't know yet. And I think I, I feel if I go out for dinner with somebody and they're on their phone, I feel ignored in that. Oh, you'd hate me then. <laughs> I'm not so, on my phone constantly, but I do go on to my phone oh well that's okay like checking in you know i think that's fine but that phenomenon where actually there's no real conversation going on because there's a compulsivity about being in the device that i think needs to be boundaried and so it's definitely for me this kind of swinging between two worlds the ability to multitask like i can be on my phone and hear you at the same time i don't (laughs) you don't buy that (laughs) i'm not sure about that um because it's about the other person feeling heard, I yeah, think. Okay, yeah. So like the body connect, language, like really connecting yeah, with the person. The body language cues that you give off when you're when we're talking face to face like this are different than if you're visually engaged with something. <laughs> so you may well be able to hear me, and you may well be able to do the two things at the same time. But for me, sitting across from you, I'm going to feel less listened to because your body language is different. <laughs> so I well, think you could just hop on wherever <laughs> I'm at and talk to me through that through the device. <laughs> My son had a T-shirt that um, that was quite funny. It said, "I've I've been outside, but the graphics weren't that great." <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? And that's the danger because I was reading about Instagram making people feel anxious. Yes. And I think there's this increasing phenomenon of people feeling really dissatisfied with themselves because of what they see on social. And someone, I think it's um, Emily Coxhead, she runs this great account on Instagram that I really love. Um, She's made a mug that says, I will not compare myself to a stranger on Instagram because, you know, it's color curated it's yeah. filtered it's cropped i've it's, only given you the best moments of my of yeah my time, like you, my you see my child smiling on the swing you don't see the tantrum they had 10 minutes ago yeah. when we were trying to 
bundle them into the car. You know, nobody is showing that stuff. Yeah. And it's this, there's this kind of level of unreality about it that I think some people are being brave and honest about that. Many people are not. Yeah. And then actually there's an illusion to be penetrated there. And that's this comes back again to a kind of like wanting to be a, an authentic voice yes. in that conversation, wanting to be a space where actually that feels a bit less curated, a little bit less. And there's a danger on the, as you said, you mentioned a bit back about the algorithms and the sort of echo chamber, because I've noticed that recently if you... When, you know, going online and you see pretty much people, the patterns are the same, they're yes. posting the same thing, they're yes. sharing articles. It's like, you know, well, there's, the internet is so huge, but there's a danger you can only see a fraction yeah. because you tend to consume the same yeah. Yeah. spaces. Just, yeah. you know, the yeah. stuff that's coming in your news feed, the stuff you say, yeah, I want to show me more of this, but then that's yeah. all that you're getting. And, and But you, there's so much... Yeah. So much more. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. And it was. Yeah. Yes. It, I think that's true. I think there is a limit as well on the amount that we can manage in terms of information flow. I think. Mm. I suppose what I what I find troublesome about that restriction of the algorithm thing is that actually maybe I'd like to see something outside that. So when Labour were electing Jeremy Corbyn in my own personal Twitter account... Does that go back to people, though? Because it's the maybe, stuff is there yeah. for you to see, but we choose to let it be automated for us, I think. Well, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I When I was following the Labour leadership elections, actually I was following people who were pro-Corbyn and anti-Corbyn. I wanted to try and encourage Twitter to show me the breadth of debate. Okay. So in my follows are people that I disagree with, actually, you know, not necessarily on the same page about stuff, but I wanted to see the width of debate and see if I could get the system to kind of give me a bit more of a, a spread. And it did seem to work, actually, but... You know, I, I guess we don't operate on that basis, basis most of the time. You yeah. click on the thing that interests you. You don't yeah, think, yeah. oh, I really disagree with that person. I'm definitely going to go and look at their account, you know. So, and I'm going to start posting more angry things. <laughs> That's what I've taken away from this podcast today. <laughs> oh okay, so the community aspect. Um, I guess rounding this all up, the community is a place or is a group of individuals and it takes it to that another level down where yeah. we get to understand our, it's almost all our threads come together, our social life, our business life, you know, all of our sort of yeah. four dimensions of us come together within yeah. a community as opposed to being a group. And it seems to be that we need that connection with yeah. others within a, a sort of a community that we could go and just be who we are yeah. within that community. Yeah. And I suspect we can have multiple communities, isn't it? So, you, yes. you know, around your yeah. different interests, you yeah, definitely. have different sort of communities. Yeah. People almost always ask me what I missed about the military, having spent about 11 years in the military. Yeah. And probably the biggest thing is the sense of community coming back to this physical thing. Yeah. Um, because it, it wasn't... So what I've found as a civilian is you go to work, and yes, you might make some friends with some of those people, but once you come out of the doors, you don't mix your families all together. And I think what I missed about the military is it was one giant community because the, you know, the, the spouses that didn't deploy had to depend yeah. on each other. So you know, yeah. the, the wives would get together 
um, they have a community because well, yeah, I was an infantry man, so I'm not being sexist here to say that guys are off doing their thing because yes, there's women soldiers and like, but as an infantry guy, you know, we go and we deploy off <coughs> somewhere, then yeah. all our wives and girlfriends and stuff had to count on each other as yeah. a community. So it became almost an extended family and that's the bit that I missed I missed being able to come home yeah. and say you know what we haven't yeah. cooked so walk out the door and yeah. just go right over to my you know friend's house and yeah. we'll have dinner over there and it yeah. was just that kind of and community. you know what you've tapped on something massively important a word that I think we've we've painted pictures of but haven't used I think community is about interdependence mm. It's about interdependence. So those women in the family situations without their spouses around, they have a genuine need for each other. And I think the reason that our streets tend to be not so neighbourly anymore is, you know, we don't ever have to do what I used to do in Uganda where I might, my water might go off. Mm. And I might have to go and ask my neighbour to give me water. You know, I really don't have the choice to just say, do you know what, I, I'm not so keen on that person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to go and bother them. There's a necessity here. I've got no water coming into my house. I need to go and see if they've got anything left in their tank. Um, so I think, you know, we we have uh, eroded our interdependence. Yeah. And actually that online life has an opportunity for us to build that again. Yeah. I like that interdependency because yeah. that's exactly it. On my street, we're all in our silos. We don't yeah. have to depend yeah. on each other. Yeah. And even, you know, as I alluded to earlier, when I was, you know, I was growing up as a kid, and both parents and stuff worked, yeah. but it, it was okay for the kids to be out because yeah. the other neighbors who were, we're at watching home were watching interdependence. And they were there. Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday, my boys were out in the street, and my neighbor was the one watching them. I was in the kitchen doing cooking. My neighbor is the mum watching the boys in the street, you know, so I am interdependent with her. I'm trusting her to make sure that my boys are okay. And my son is practicing interdependence <laughs> this morning because he's doing a cake sale outside the front of our house. So he's got a table out and All he's right. selling cakes to the neighbors, but he needs somebody to come and join in with that with him. Otherwise, he's just going to be sat there all day with his cake <laughs> on his own. Yeah. So it's like actually taking opportunities. And in our road, when it was the, um, the Royal Jubilee, we did the tea party thing, you know, and I think we can make choices that are about interdependence. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we decided actually we would give out free cake and coffee and two people opened up their houses to use their kitchens to do that and all the neighbours came out and sat in front of people's houses and, you know, that was a kind of exercise in interdependence that wasn't necessary but it was nice yeah. and actually we know people in the street now that we didn't know before because of that that's cool I miss the old block parties yeah it, was that a thing here in England a b- no. block party no but it should be yeah. shouldn't it that's a real joy jam thing yeah you gotta yeah. have the block party well there we go There we. let's end on that we're gonna have the joy jam block party yeah there we go yeah. there's your physical community <laughs> to start building around I'm there sign me up all right, well, thanks a lot for coming on as a guest. Thank really, you for having really me. really appreciate that. Thank and, you. And um, hopefully we'll do some more stuff together. And yes. any community that you're wanting to build around, yeah. whole, even though I live in Southam, I can still be a part <laughs> of the Limington community. Well, Absolutely. We, we can rally around that we're in Warwickshire together. That's our yes. rallying point together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thanks, Clay.
This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.